Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast for Sunday, September 24th, 2021. Today's sermon passage is Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. If you'd like to follow along, please go to gracebaptistchurchnc.org, click the sermons link at the top, and then click today's manuscript. Welcome to Grace Baptist Church. They had heard, and they were returning to the ways of the old Mosaic law, the old covenant there in the Old Testament. If you would, look at, turn over a couple pages, chapter 5, verse 6. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. Turn over to chapter 6, verse 4 of Hebrews. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God. Turn over to chapter 10. Verses 26 and 27, and we'll get to these one of these days, if the Lord wills, and preach through those more specifically. But chapter 10, verse 26 and 27. For if we go, go on sinning deliberately, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment, and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Now, though the context is different for us, as we are, generally speaking, we're not Hebrews considering the ways of Mosaic law coming out of that, but the principle of this text still stands today. All of us alike will not escape the judgment of God if we neglect the message of the gospel that we hear week in and week out, week out as the church, and that we are hearing, and for those who have heard it in other places, we will not escape such a great salvation. So with this in mind, we need this text greatly this morning. It's been good for me to study it this week, and it will be hopefully good for us this week. And so let me, I have, I'm doing this a little different this morning. Normally I have straight truths right through the text, and then applications throughout and usually to follow. But we've spent so much time in Hebrews 1, and so these first four verses are like a parenthesis. And so I will spend a lot of time, I mean, part of our time here at the beginning just explaining the first verses 2 to 4, actually. And then we will camp out at the end with three applications. And so that's the way the sermon will go this morning. This text is still right in the middle, though, of what we've been talking about for the past few weeks. He's making, the the author is making the argument that the Son is is much superior to the angels. And so we're still in that, chapter 1 and chapter 2, still doing the same thing. And he's expanding on verses, particularly 1 and 2 of of chapter 1. Look back over at chapter 1 with me. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. Greg, you mentioned that this morning in Sunday school. Then in verses 2 to 4, 
we're going to see a comparison. A, comp a comparison of the word brought in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and then with that of the message that has come, which is the gospel, through the Son. So let me read verses 2 to 4 there again. Chapter 2, verse 2. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? And then he said, then here's the comparison. It was, it was declared at first by the Lord. That's the Lord Jesus. It was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders, various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. Now, the angelic mediation of the law of Moses is not directly recorded in the Scriptures. However, Deuteronomy 33.2 says, The Lord came from Sinai and dawned from Seir upon us. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came from the ten thousands of holy ones with flaming fire at His hand. And so it was just tradition, and we see now that the, the writer of Hebrews says that this, the, speaking of their time, Mosaic law, that it was given through the mediation of, of angels. In some way it came down through angels, and that was, that was what they, especially those Hebrews of that time, were, were giving great instance to. They were putting a lot of emphasis there. And so he was saying, okay, the message came down to them through angels. Well, those who obeyed were, were greatly blessed, and those who did not were, were judged. Now, we first see this at Mount Sinai. When they were delivered, the, the, the Hebrews were delivered out of Egypt, and they came to Mount Sinai. And Moses came down from the mountain, went up, and he went down, he went up, and he went down. And when he came down, he said, Here is the word of the Lord, it is for, it is for us. And the people said, It is good. We will obey. But we know the story. They did not obey. And that particular generation, what happened to them? They wandered in the desert for 40 years, and that generation passed, and they did not enter into the promised land. And so great judgment came upon those who did not hear and obey that message. And then, as the story continues in the Old Testament, we see that Israel, the northern kingdom, will fall to Assyria with great judgment. And then we will see later that Judah, southern kingdom, and Jerusalem, the holy city, will be taken. They will be taken into Babylonian captivity. And they were judged because they did not obey the word of the Lord very clearly. God has always revealed himself and told us, this is how you are to live. This is what you are to do. The Word is clear in these ways, and it is for us. And God always does what He says. Look at verse 2. Chapter 2, verse 2 here in Hebrews. Every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. So the author is saying, folks, look at the message of God's grace in the law of Moses delivered by angels, and look what happened. 
Now, some listened to the message and were blessed as they trusted the Lord in faith, but others, the majority, in fact, did not, and they were judged. So then, up at this point in the text, the author turns. He said, okay, now let's move to the New Testament. And he turns the message to the Son and the final revelation found in, in the Lord. Look at verse 3. He says, it was declared by the Lord. So when we come to church and we sit here, we listen to words that have come down through the Son. Who is the Lord? Well, we've learned in Hebrews 1, He is the Son of God. He is the heir of all things. He is the creator of the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, He tells us here. He is the exact imprint of His nature. He upholds the universe by the word of His power. And then He made purification for sins, speaking of the cross. And then He rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven where He now sits as the Lord, where He now reigns as Lord and ruler of all. And then last week, we saw that He is <coughs> eternal, and we saw that He is unchanging. And then what message did He preach? He preached the good news of the kingdom of God. He came immediately when He started His ministry. He preached. And He preached repentance. And He, repeat, re, he preached the forgiveness of sins. And He told the people about Himself. And He said to the woman at the well, who, do you remember that? When she said, who are you? He said, not only if you drink the water that I will give you, but at the end of that conversation, he said, I am the Messiah. He told the religious leaders that he was sent by the Father to do his will, and they even got upset with him and wanted to kill him. Why? Because he made himself equal to God. After his resurrection, he told two, one of my favorite, probably my favorite story in all the Bible, he told the two man, men going up after Jesus died and he rose again they didn't know that he'd risen again and then they were heading up to north of Jerusalem there on the road to Emmaus and he appeared to them and he said didn't you know and he went back to all the Old Testament he said all of the scriptures all of them all of them point to me to me he often he often showed when Jesus walked and he preached he often showed that all the prophets spoke of Him, and in His life, and His death, and His resurrection, and His ascension to the right hand of the Father, He fulfilled exactly what the Father desired. This was the plan before the foundations of the world. So this is the, the simple message that we preach today. This is the message that I preach. And if we get that wrong, then we've left the gospel. And then look at verse 3. The author then moves again. And he says, This was preached by the Lord, but it also was attested to us by those who heard. In other words, this message, it, it wasn't in secret. It came down to everyone, and it was preached to everyone. And many people heard, and many people saw, and many people saw the miracles, and they understood. And then we look back, and they saw the resurrection. And so they, all of the folks knew and so in other words, he was saying, this message we have, just like what you Hebrews are thinking about Moses and what happened on the mountain, 
If you went back to the Hebrews in that day, and there they were but with the mountain smoking and Moses going up and down and all the things that were going on, do you think they would say that message was reliable? Well, he's saying now, in the sun, it is even more reliable than that. And so there is evidence. 1 Corinthians 1, 4-6, Paul tells the Corinthians, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus that in every way you were enriched in Him, in all speech and in all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you. The Apostle John says in one of his letters, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, we've touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we've seen it. And we testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and that which we have heard we proclaim to you. That's 1 John 1, 1-3. And then there is more here to the reliability. He says in verse 4, look there with me. God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. Do you remember when John the Baptist was wondering, because there wasn't this great kingdom coming, and so John the Baptist was wondering, while he was in prison, is, is, is Jesus really the Messiah? So he sends his disciples. One of his disciples goes to Jesus and says, are you really the, the Messiah? What did Jesus say? He says, go and tell John what you hear, what you see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor, they have good news preached to them. The message of Jesus was accompanied with great signs and wonders that he did. And then, I mean, if you think about what he did, what did he do? He healed the sick, he cast out demons, he raised the dead, he performed many other miracles. And then, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the apostles and those folks at that time, they continued to perform these signs and these wonders and these miracles that accompanied this great time there in the early church that accompanied this message of the gospel just like in the old testament think about what happened with moses god was doing something great when he was going to deliver his people save his people and then all of the things that happened there in the old testament with particularly with with egypt there were <clears throat> if we think about the Old Testament, though, there were always there were miracles here, miracles there, but no time of miracles accompanied that, the, the, most of the Old Testament there, except what we saw with Moses. You can't compare with the, the things that God did in that old time with Moses there and, and bringing them out of Egypt. Well, his point here is to say in the same way, I think, with the coming of the gospel, the great salvation... Now, look, God has accompanied this with all of these things. Therefore, I believe the author's point is to show that the message of the gospel was similar 
to the message of Moses and the miracles of that day, and it happened again with the coming of the Son in that time. So therefore, pay much more attention to the message now. All right, that's the first half of my sermon. Explanation, I appreciate you hanging with me for that time. Now, with that in mind, well, I think just a little bit of explanation there, I have three applications, three big applications. I'll go ahead and give them to you. One, pay close attention to what we have heard in the gospel. Two, if we do not, we are in danger of falling away. Three, there is no escape for those who neglect so great a salvation. So number one, pay close attention to what we've heard in the gospel. And I've got some things under this one that are also applications. But number one, pay close attention to what we've heard in the gospel. Look at verse one. It says, pay much closer attention to what, I've, to what we've heard. Now, those of you who know me, and I know myself, if anybody has a hard time paying attention, it's me. I have a, I have a difficult time. I, it's, it's crazy. Even back when I took, I took French, and I don't remember. I've learned all these other languages, never learned French. And the only thing, the words that I can remember from my French classes were always not good because the teacher was telling me to pay attention or to keep my mouth shut or something. I'm always distracted. I do a little better with that as I've gotten older, but I still have a hard time listening and paying attention. Let me ask you this. Kids, do you ever sit in class and daydream? Think about something else. Absolutely. Everybody. Do you ever sit at work at your desk and something else happens or you're just you're daydreaming about something? Absolutely. And I think this is our... This is our, our, our picture here. Um, we must pay attention to the gospel. So let me begin this first application by saying that the gospel, the good news of the gospel, must be our first priority. We cannot live without the gospel. It is the power of the gospel that changes us, and it is the power of the gospel that keeps us going day in and day out, sitting here now and even when we walk out of this place. We cannot live without it. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto salvation for those who believe. Second Peter 1 verse 3 His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We must pay attention because it is the great power that works in us. It must be our first priority. And as we look around our culture today, many folks give lip service to the gospel. Yes, of course I'm a Christian. Of course I believe the gospel. And we speak a lot about gospel but you know what? Many folks also deny its power. And in, and in effect, 
when we do this, or when you do this, you're not paying close attention to the gospel. Paul says to Timothy, there are those who have the appearance of godliness, but what? They deny its power. 2 Timothy 3.5 May this never be the case for those of us who sit here week in and week out at grace. May it never be the case that, that we have a form of godliness. When people look at our lives, they go, yeah, they're, they're good people. Good, good old boys. Good folks. But underneath, we deny its power. May it never be the case. May it never be the case for me as your pastor. Matthew 7, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Do many mighty works in your name? Well, that's pretty much to me having form of godliness right there if we're doing such things and then Jesus says then I will declare to them these guys have to be some of the or if not the most dreaded words in all of scripture I never knew you depart from me you workers of lawlessness now I must say I've had these thoughts many times as many of you do as well as you consider your own life you wonder, is my profession, is it, am I, what the scripture is saying here, is the gospel my first, first priority? And, and, and I'm talking in the context of having a form of godliness but denying its power. I think about these things and I know that you, you do as well. So let me ask, what is the key? Well, you, you know, if you've heard me preach before through the years, the key to making the gospel the first priority, from our standpoint, what can we do application-wise? It is to guard the heart. It is to consider the heart. So ask yourself this morning, is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, His death, His resurrection, what He did, and I'm going I'm to share that as we go on, keep on going here, but is the gospel first in your heart? Would thinking about Jesus and what he has done, would that cause you to go sell everything you have and go buy the field with the treasure in it? Would you sell everything? What would you do? And you know what? In the scriptures talking about that particular parable, the one that sold, the, sold everything went by the field of treasure. Brothers and sisters, the treasure that we are after in the gospel is not earthly. It is not material wealth. It is not prosperity. It is not even health. It is Christ. And in Him, all of the treasures of God dwell. So let me just mentioned the words of Martin Luther, the, the, the hymn that we sing, let goods and kindreds go, this mortal life also. So this means we must guard our hearts always. And so 
ask questions about the heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And there, where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. Another quick application under this, this, this number one. A couple more here. We also, if we want to pay closer attention to the gospel, then give diligent study to the Word of God. Search the Scriptures. Know the mind of God on such things. Paul says that the gospel is the wisdom of God, 1 Corinthians 1. Colossians 2, Paul prays for the Colossians. He says, I pray that your hearts might be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all of the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Brothers and sisters, if your heart's love is the gospel, if it is first priority, what will you do? Well, you will, as Proverbs 2 says, search out this wisdom. Search out this wisdom as you would silver or gold, as those who know there's gold in the hills who sell everything and go there to find it. That's what we do. That's what we will do with the gospel. We will search out the word. In the gospel lies the treasures of heaven. So how is it with you this week? How is it this morning? How is it the last month? How is it the last year? Do you find that it is normal that you read, at least read, this every day and ask the Lord? Something I do, when I read the Word daily, I say, even if I don't read it but just a little bit, or I read it a lot, I always, I'm not saying always, but I catch myself, but I say, Lord, these are the words of life. Help me as I read them this morning. And then that's my prayer. And, and then I read them and I expect to hear from Him in that way. So how is it with you? If you will know the gospel, read, meditate, and memorize. And make the Word of God your treasure. For the wisdom of God, <laughs> and this is the gospel that we find here. Without it, you will not Hold fast to your profession. And if this is not you over a period of time, then you are not paying close attention. Another quick note on paying attention to the gospel. Make sure, and this is coming from, from, from those of us who know that God is the one who initiates and God is the one who regenerates. God is the one who gives. But faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So make Pay close attention, make sure that the word that you read is mixed with faith as you read it. Believing is the end of hearing. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Hebrews 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 2 also. For good news came to us, just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. So if you're sitting here today... And there is no faith. I'm not going to say it's not benefiting you because we don't know the, the, the providence and how the Lord is working as you hear the Word. But if you are a Christian today and you're hearing the Word, it is working greatly. And so you might come over a period of years and you say, I never get a word, he says. I don't understand those, 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 <clears throat> those sermons. I don't understand those words. I read the Bible 
from time to time. I just don't get it. Maybe there's no faith. At the end of the day, I would say to you, look under Christ. Turn to Him. Repent and believe and say, Lord, help me. Help my unbelief. At the end of the day, true saving faith will result in a love for the gospel. And it will result in works as we believe to do, God will do what He says. This is the power of the gospel. So that's application number one. Number two, if we do not pay more attention to the gospel, we are in danger of drifting away. The ESV that I'm preaching from here says, lest we drift away. And so that's, that's a good picture. I remember, I've told this story before, but I remember, tell it a little bit in a little bit different way. But I remember years ago <clears throat> when I was in college, just about to become a Christian. But in, anyway, I went out to see my uncle in Hawaii, and he was staying on the mainland. He was, he was in the Navy, and he was on the mainland. And he had a, like, I don't know how big his sailboat was, pretty big, 40 feet or bigger. And he had his sailboat moored out in an inlet, anchored. And so he would go to his place there, and it was small. And he said, John, you can go sleep on the boat. And so every night, it was dark, but I would get in this little dinghy, and I would row, row, row all the way out to that sailboat. And then I would get there all by myself, and I was out in this inlet, and there were just some sailboats here and around. And then there was the reef that you could hear the, the, the waves crashing down. And I remember going, going out on that sailboat, and I'm, I laid there every night. I was scared to death because I thought the anchor's going to come loose, and I'm going to crash into another boat, or I'm going to drift away out to the reef where surely I would perish because I can't swim back in or the waves are going to get me. And, and I, I just remember being just scared to death. Well, we think about this word. It's, this is a good translation, to drift away like that, to miss it, to, to fall away that way. But the direct word is to run by something and miss it altogether, or to slip by something. But in both cases, even the drift away, I think we get the picture in other words, to the Hebrews at that time, it's right in front of you. The message that you heard from the Old Testament, you read about, right there, reliable now, in the sun, it's right before you. Do not run by it. Do not slip by it and miss it. Do not fall away. Do not neglect such a salvation. It would be, it's almost like another quick picture Running, say, you're jo say you're a jogger, you like to stay in shape. Well, you, get to, <clears throat> you live over there in Nepal, and you get to run near <clears throat> Mount Everest on a clear day. Think about running by Mount Everest every day, but missing it. Missing that great, majestic mountain. And so the recipients of this letter were in danger but instead of Mount Everest, they were in danger of missing the one who made Mount Everest. They were in danger of missing the message of the sun. Instead of a mountain of gold and silver, they were settling for pennies and nickels. Instead of the great power of the gospel, the great message of salvation found in the sun, who is infinitely superior to the angels, 
They were settling for pictures and shadows and not the real thing. Well, such was the case of the generation in Jesus' day. And the principle still stands for us. So let me ask you, are you in danger of drifting away? When, you, when I preach like this and I say these things about the heart and the study and the thoughts and the love and the looking unto Christ, are you in danger of drifting away? Are you in danger of running right by the mountain and never seeing it and going right on with your life? Let me give some occasions for drifting. And I was very helped with John Owen this week as I'm reading through his commentary on Hebrews. And I got some of these from him. Drifting may come in a time of prosperity and peace. I'm afraid this is us. This is the, the American church, really. Um, much of our drifting, falling away, has come through great times of health and wealth and prosperity. Because that's what we hear, do we not? That's what we hear mostly about Christianity. Well, we have been blessed greatly. And I look around and I see, I know us, and I see you, and I know you. We've been blessed greatly. But may it not be so with us, even as we receive the blessings of God. May we not drift away in times of prosperity. Drifting may also come in times of persecution. Jesus says when persecution comes, many fall away. Well, we, I think we'll see how this goes in the coming days in our country. Because it seems to be a little more persecution. Although seems like the persecution is coming in names of other things than Christ right now. It's more having to do with, with health and health care and whatever's happening. Lots of things, but there's persecution that is happening now. And we will see how this goes um, in, in the coming days. Drifting also happens during times of temptation. 1 John 2.16 For all that is in the world... The desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. So, brothers and sisters, or beloved, I don't know your heart, but is this you? Where are you at? If so, I exhort you and beg you not to neglect such a great salvation that we have. The Son of God took on flesh. Think about the message with me for just a moment. He came and He lived among us without sin. All of us are full of sin. He had no sin. He demonstrated with perfect humility and perfect love the gospel, the good news that He preached. And He preached the gospel of Himself as He preached. And then he, <clears throat> eventually, what did He do? He laid down His life on the cross as a sacrifice for sinners. He took His people's sin upon Himself, and He gives His people His righteousness. And as He laid down His life there on the cross as a sacrifice, God was satisfied with that sacrifice. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And then on the cross, the wrath of God was poured out upon the Son. And then what did He do three days later? He rose again from the dead. And then He appeared to the apostles, the disciples, many others. Great works of wonders followed as well. 
But before that, he ascended to heaven where he sits on his throne above all things. This is the gospel. This is the message that we believe. This is the message that we have heard. And so, brothers and sisters, do not drift away. Do not run by such a beautiful mountain and miss its beauty. Finally this morning, and and very quickly, last application that I have, there is no escape for those who neglect this message of salvation, this so great salvation in the Son. This is the judgment of God. If you do not pay close attention, if you drift away, judgment will come. Verse 3, look there with me. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? As with the reliable message in the Old Testament, how much more reliable in the New Testament? Every transgression or disobedience will receive a just retribution. Now, the great disobedience is for those who have heard the message of the Son who brings with Him the great message of salvation. And if we neglect it, there will be no escape. It's not like playing capture the flag with your teammates where someone will may come and rescue you out of the tower. And Andrew, I'm in volume two now of history of the English-speaking peoples. Um, And everybody in the world in Britain is going to the tower with some king. They're going to the tower. There is no way to escape the judgment, and I think in the same kind of way, there is no way of escaping the judgment of God when we disobey the message of salvation. There is no escape. Hebrews 10, 29. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God, has profaned the blood of the covenant by which He was sanctified, and has outraged the Spirit of grace? Brothers and sisters, the principle is the same for us today. It is a fact that those who are in danger of apostasy and falling away are those who have the message near them. I thought about that a lot this morning. Those who hear the word most often, us. That seems to me to be what was happening with the Hebrews and the generation of Jesus. Those who had the message given to them the most frequently and most often it was ever before them, those are the ones who were falling away and it was upon those who judgment was coming. May it not be so with us. Beloved, do not neglect such a great salvation. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you very humbly this morning with these words before us. May we not neglect so great a salvation. May we not drift away. May we not run by something that's right in front of our faces. Father, you've been very clear. And you're clear to us as we read the Word and teach the Word and preach the Word week in and week out. May we, at grace, may it not be so that we would fall into that camp. Father, if there's someone here today who's heard these words, the gospel makes sense to them, and at least they know they are sinners and they know they cannot escape such a great salvation that is preached. Father, may today they look unto Christ, turn to Him.
and be saved. For Christians, Father, we need the power of the gospel in our lives every day. May we not drift away. May we pay close attention. And just may the thought of coming judgment, along with the love of Christ, compel us to tell our neighbors this great message of salvation. Help us today. We give you this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Baptist Church podcast. You can listen to past sermons at podbean.com. Search Grace Baptist Church, China Grove to find us. You can also find us on Apple Podcast. Search Grace Baptist Church, China Grove. You can also join us at the South Rowan YMCA, 950 Kimball Road, China Grove, North Carolina. We meet on Sunday mornings at 930 for fellowship and service starts at 10. Thank you for listening and remember to be intentional in making disciples this week.